and we actually have not used our composting toilet once. We've just gone to gas stations, been outside of a friend's house. So it's some of the amenities that, you know, come with a traditional home that I thought I had to have and I realized I actually didn't. Welcome to the Tiny House Lifestyle Podcast, the show where you learn how to plan, build, and live the tiny lifestyle. I'm your host, Ethan Waldman, and this is episode 159 with Jessica Malone. The concept of lifestyle design certainly predates the tiny house movement, but I see the two as very linked. Enter today's guest, Jessica Malone, a lifestyle design coach who lives tiny herself. In the interview, we'll talk about the difference between decluttering versus downsizing, life hacks for easy minimalism, and the mindset required to succeed. I hope you stick around. I'd like to tell you about the sponsor of today's episode, Precision Temp. Precision Temp is making one product to solve two issues that I know everyone deals with in a tiny house, running out of hot water and heating your tiny house. Precision Temp has made the amazing Twin Temp Junior propane tankless water heater, which provides unlimited hot water for your tiny house and hydronic heating. This means you get warm, heated floors so there are no cold spots. It's designed specifically for tiny houses and features whisper-quiet operation as well as high efficiency. If you want more information on how Precision Temp can help make living tiny easier and more comfortable, visit precisiontemp.com. While you're there, use the coupon code THLP for $100 off the Twin Temp Junior plus free shipping. That website again is precisiontemp.com, coupon code THLP for $100 off the Twin Temp Junior plus free shipping. Thank you so much to Precision Temp for sponsoring our show. I am here with Jessica Malone. Jessica is a lifestyle design coach who teaches high achievers how to leverage their individuality to live the life they truly desire. She has used decluttering to downsize from a luxury apartment to owning her own home, a 12-foot sprinter van, affectionately known as Big Pun. She has also quit her 9-to-5, hosted luxury conferences, and lost 40 pounds. Now she's helping people build a life overflowing with what they love. Jessica Malone, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. I was hoping we could just start. Um, I, I kind of ask all my guests this, you know, tell me about your decluttering journey. You know, what sparked this for you and, and you know, where were you and where did you end up? Sure. So in the beginning, my journey started, I would say, back in late 2016, um, 2017, early 2017. And I was just in a rut. I was in a place where I was unhappy generally with the life that I was living you know, that was unhappiness with my job, with my body, with my, just my life, honestly. And I was looking for a solution. I had tried some different things, yoga, meditation, all all this different stuff, right? All the things that we hear about constantly. And I just didn't feel like anything was working, you know? So I, I finished the book on mindfulness. It was helpful. It did shift my mindset a little bit. But um, still, I just felt like something was missing. And Amazon actually recommended a book to me called The 21 Day Minimalism Challenge. And I thought, you know, what the heck? I didn't know anything about minimalism. I was not following anyone in the minimalist community. But I just thought, what do I have to lose at this point? 
And um, I took that challenge and it, it pretty much shifted everything for me. And I got so excited about it that I started blogging about it, talking about it. And over the years, it has grown from a blog about, you know, just personal journey to really helping people understand how letting go can help them and help them live the life that they want to lead and really impact their journey wherever they may be. Awesome. So was the, what was the kind of content of the 21 day challenge? Was it just focused on stuff? No. So that's my, actually my favorite part. I think that my journey would look so different if that had been the case. That Mm -hmm. book delved into different things. It delved into stuff, relationships, money, time, your job, your food, everything. And so I think that's been the basis for how I speak about decluttering because generally we hear that word and we think, oh, okay, you want me to toss out my stuff or you want me to organize my stuff. And I really look at it as a deep look into clutter in every aspect of our life. You know, clutter shows up on our plate. It shows up in our thoughts. It shows up in our actions. And there's so many different ways that we can declutter outside of just handling our stuff. Yeah, it's it almost seems a lot easier to deal with stuff because like all you have to do is get rid of it. Exactly. But when you're talking about like friends or relationships or thoughts, like those are, those can be a lot harder to get rid of. (laughs) Absolutely. And that's kind of why I, I focus on the house when I'm working with people Mm -hmm. or talking to people about clutter, because it's tangible, it's easy, but at the same time, it's important that we just take that next step and say, okay, I'm getting rid of this thing, but what does this thing really represent. I know it's going to take time to tackle the the limiting belief that created this clutter, but I do need to understand what this clutter is truly linked to. Got it. So, um we've had um we've had Joshua Becker on the show somewhat recently. Yes. Um and you know, he is very much I consider him to be a minimalist. He's into minimalism. Yes. Um you seem to be more focused on on decluttering. We've all, I've also heard people talking about downsizing. I've heard the word right sizing. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, do you do you define these things differently like decluttering versus downsizing versus minimalism? I usually you know it's interesting. That's an interesting question because I haven't really thought about the term downsizing that much, but I do often compare decluttering and minimalism and I would say that I live a very minimalist life. I mean, that's how I ended up in a van. But I think that minimalism is about design choices and lifestyle. And decluttering is something that works really for everyone. You don't have to become a minimalist because you choose to declutter. You know, you can let go of a few possessions or you could let go of a ton of possessions and be someone who lived an extremely simplified life. Mm -hmm. So I think that decluttering and downsizing are probably most similar because downsizing looks different for everyone just like decluttering can can vary for everyone interesting so it's like decluttering and downsizing can lead to minimalism but it doesn't necessarily have to exactly yeah and i and i think you declutter or downsize with a particular goal in mind i think with minimalism it is a constant ongoing journey mm-hmm. you know it's like how do you know when you have too little stuff or, you know, I could, I could downsize to one pair of shoes or I could have three and feel like there's still somewhere to go. So I think minimalism is this very long, lifelong kind of journey and decluttering can be a a tool that you use on your everyday. Got it. 
Um, so, so many of, of our listeners are planning or dreaming of, of living in a tiny house and, and probably will need to do quite a bit of decluttering to get from here to there. And, you know, one thing that I tell people and advocate a lot is like, if you can't start building your tiny house right now and you, you want something to do, something to move you <laughs> towards that is, is to start focusing on, on your stuff because mm-hmm. to go from a bigger home to a tiny home, you're going to have to make some, some hard choices. So I'm curious, you know, what, what tips do you have for, for listeners who are maybe starting this journey? Yeah, I would say the biggest thing is focusing on holding on to the items that really represent the life you want to live. If you're interested in tiny living, whether that's a van or a tiny house, whatever the case might be, you probably have a very good picture of what you want your life to look like. So, um, you know, sometimes there's this struggle of, should I let this go? Should I not? And I think really honing in on the why behind your your decision to, to move into this lifestyle helps to eliminate things quickly. You know, if I, if I understand, like, I'm, I want to travel more, even though I'm, 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 I might still work a job or, you know, your lifestyle varies, but if travel is the central focus, that's going to eliminate a lot of the big bulky stuff, right? That's going to eliminate maybe all the clothes that you have, and you'll find it easier to pare down because you understand what you're trying to accomplish with the tiny living and with the lifestyle change that you're making. Nice. Any, any like hacks or, or tips to share? Yeah. So usually I say, if I haven't worn it in the last six months, then I would let it go. Now with the the pandemic, you know, everyone's life is kind of in a, a tizzy, but um, I, I really look at it as what I wear this every single day. If I wouldn't wear something every day, like I love it that much, I would let it go. Mm-hmm. And some other tips specific to clothing are looking at your clothes and any of those things where you feel like a sense of indecisiveness, turn the hangers the opposite direction from some of the other clothes that you have in your closet. So that way you can kind of track and see, is this something that I've used? You know, you can look up three months from now, is that hanger still turned the opposite direction or has it changed? And also packing things up, pack it up just to test it, put it out of sight, put it in a box. If you don't go looking for it, it's probably not something that you really need. Yeah. What do you say to the to the pack rat kind of person that's like, yeah, but what what if I need this? Like, I know I haven't used it in six months, but like I might need it someday. Yeah. So I say play out the scenario. That's what I always do with myself. Like, let's say I get rid of this. Is it really impossible for me to get it again? Do I not have the means? Right. Am I going to end up in a situation where there's not a convenience store or a Walmart within driving distance? really walk through that entire scenario and test it in your mind and be honest. You know, that's really helpful too. Nice. Nice. Yeah. That's, that's a good, that's a good tip. And, and again, for, for people who are going to live tiny, the decision eventually is going to be made for you when you go to move into that tiny house. So, and, and you actually also live tiny, um, in a, in a sprinter van. Were there any items that you were holding on to that you realized you you had to let go when you moved into the van? <laughs> yes. So my situation is interesting because my dad is allowing me to store some stuff at his apartment. But I 
struggle with like letting go of a lot of my childhood things. Yeah. I like I actually brought my Nintendo 64 with me in the van and I thought, you know what, this is taking up space that I could really be using. And so it's mostly childhood memorabilia that I found myself holding on to. And I've tested it a little bit by saying, okay, dad, hold on to this. I'm going to come back in a few months. I'm going to see if I really want to keep this. And if not, let it go. I think what was more interesting for us was some of the things like having a toilet that we thought we had to have. And we actually have not used our composting toilet once. We've just gone to gas stations, been outside of a friend's house. So it's some of the amenities that, you know, come with a traditional home that I thought I had to have. And I realized I actually didn't. Right. I'm curious if you can speak to, and I don't know that, that people who are already kind of into the tiny house lifestyle will see decluttering as kind of a negative thing or a bad thing. But, you know, what can you say about the idea that, that it's actually a positive thing, like decluttering and downsizing Mm -hmm. and minimalism, you know, it's not like you can't have more, but that it actually could be beneficial. Sure. I think, you know, I was listening to one of your episodes. It was about the woman who has been living a, the tiny life for like 11 years. Uh-huh. And um, something she said that really struck me was that by simplifying, she was able to give more time and energy to her life's work. And I think that that stuck with me because that's how I feel. Um, and I think the way to look at it so that you don't feel like you're being ripped from your things is what are you trying to, what are you trying to align yourself with? What dreams, what goals, Mm -hmm. you know, what part of yourself are you trying to reconnect with? Because the time it takes to manage the stuff and store the stuff and clean the stuff, that's time that can really be spent doing introspective things or just doing the things that you've always wanted to do. So I think that's how I had to reframe it when I was first starting out. It's not that I'm giving away this you know, cute purse or shoes that I love. It's I'm letting this go because I want more time and energy for the things that really matter. Right. Yeah. So focusing less on what you don't want and more on what you do. Yeah. So getting back to kind of the more practical side of of things, um, do you have kind of like an order that you recommend people go? I know like Marie Kondo, you know, has like a specific order of rooms to go through. Um, What's your take on that? Yeah. So I, um, I have gotten a little bit into feng shui. I would say I dabble there. And um, something that they talk about in, in that, in that realm is that every room of your home aligns to a different part of your life. So I don't have a method as far as what order you should go through the rooms, but I do think start with your goal, right? Mm -hmm. So for a lot of people on this podcast, right, if you're shifting your lifestyle, the living room is going to be really important. The living room typically directly reflects how we're living our life. So again, if you're, you know, you're a year or two or more out from getting the tiny, the tiny space, what have you done in your living room to create more opportunity for the things that you want to be doing? Mm -hmm. Most of us have couches and things that face the television. So we sit down and everybody watches TV. We don't necessarily communicate. We don't necessarily play games, right? There's not wine nights happening or anything like that. So that's where I would say you have to start with what's your goal? What's the thing you're trying to accomplish? And uh-huh. then find the room that aligns with that particular goal. Ah, nice. So how has that played out for you in, in your 
12 foot sprinter van. <laughs> it's worked out really well. We don't have rooms anymore, um, but <laughs> it has, it has been a great transition. Um, you know, our, our foray into this was not, um, not the result of being van life enthusiasts. So uh-huh. I, hadn't really looked into van life that much. Um, Both my fiance and I were looking to leave our jobs. And the question we had was, how do we leave our jobs and start businesses without feeling overwhelmed with expenses? Uh And we started looking at RVs and then we started looking at trailers. And then the van just made the most sense because we didn't have to take on any debt to start that journey. But it's worked out really well. It's probably one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. But of course, a huge adjustment from traditional living. Yeah. Have you lived the, uh, like a more nomadic van life or have you kind of just been staying more, more stationary? Um, it's mo- mostly stationary. We haven't, we're still in our first year. Okay. So we were kind of getting our feet wet and we had determined we wanted to build the trip around friends and family. So uh-huh. we just mostly parked outside of their houses. And then on the weekends, we might venture to a national park, go on a hike, do some of these more adventurous things, but we really didn't know, you know, what we were getting into. So we were just thinking, all right, let's dip our feet in. Let's test the waters. When we, <laughs> when we went to our first national park, I mean, we didn't know anything about BLM land. Like we were so green. This was really a, a more of a financial decision for us than anything else. And so it was little stuff like that, where we had to kind of figure out what are we even doing? Um, and then, you know, over time we got more comfortable. Nice. And so as you travel around, are you, I mean, with COVID, it's probably difficult, but are you working with clients, like helping them in their spaces? So actually, so COVID created um, an interesting dilemma. I left my job in January of 2020. So it was just before the news broke of everything. And I had intended to work with people in their home, but with everything changing, I decided to go digital. So my program is actually just fully hosted on Zoom. I meet with clients. And we, we, I get to see their space over, you know, video. Um, we work through the reflection exercises and I walk them through the, the framework that I've created. But everything has been virtual to this point. I actually have my very first in-person client coming up this month. Mm-hmm. But last year it was 100% virtual. Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so did you... Um... Did you build out your van yourself or did you buy a ready-made one? So we bought an empty van, uh, but we did not build it out ourselves. We contemplated that and I quickly realized that was not my calling. So we worked with a company called Phoenix School Buses here in Texas okay. and uh, they built it out for us. Nice. Yeah. Um, the tools required to build a home are, will not uh, <laughs> make a minimalist happy. Not at all. And both, I mean, my parents, I was living with my dad at the time. My fiance was living in an apartment, but my dad lives in an apartment as well. So we were like, where would we even build this van? We have no garage. We have no space. (laughs) Yeah. That's, and that kind of brings up a point of like, yes, it's more expensive, you know, upfront to pay somebody else to convert the van or to build your home. But there's also, a savings for you both in time and stress and also like again all the tools that you would have to acquire to do this and then you'd have to figure out what to do with them right and so it strikes me yeah. that it's almost like rather than figuring out how to get rid of stuff it's like <laughs> you get rid of the stuff and then you have to figure out how to not acquire more 
Yes, and that was something, you know, we were very <laughs> emboldened by the YouTube videos. We watched a lot of videos once we made the decision and everybody, even, you know, people who were like 16 were building out their own vans, right? Uh -huh. So we thought we can do this, of course. Mm -hmm. If a 16-year-old can do it, we can do it. But um, I think there's a lot that you don't see a lot of times. And, and I get it. People glamorize everything on social media. But there's a lot that, that you just don't see. And when we yeah. realized what it would really take, we thought, let's just have someone else do it. Yeah. So how, how long, out of curiosity, did that process take for them to do the build? So they did it in, I believe it was just three and a half months. Um, we took it to them. I believe it was in February or March and we had it back by mm -hmm. May. So it was mm -hmm. a very quick process. Awesome. Yeah. That, and that's also huge benefit just of, of the time savings that you've, mm -hmm. you've retained from doing that. Absolutely. And, and like I said, we, we kind of were doing so many things at once. We left our jobs and we're getting a van built. So mm -hmm. we realized, you know, if we give this to someone else, that's time we can spend working on our business. So it was definitely beneficial. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to also touch back on the idea of, you know, decluttering your mindset. Um, mm -hmm. What is, I mean, what does that mean? And, and how do you, how do you start? Sure. So I think you can start with this stuff. Um, it takes really asking questions about why, you know, um, and a, a really simple exercise is five whys, asking why five times, you know, I have this thing and I think I should get rid of it. Why? You know, what does it represent? Why does it exist in my space? You know, continuing that questioning strategy until you get down to usually either if it's clutter, like a fear or a limiting belief. That's what I find with most people. The things that we are struggling to let go or the things that we've decided we need to let go of, they represent some type of fear, some type of limiting belief. And something I, I always share is that the way you clutter one part of your life is the way you clutter every part of your life. So mm -hmm. if you can identify what that thing represents in your home, you can also identify what limiting belief is persistent across multiple parts of your life. Um, and so that... That piece of it is where the the um, the mental decluttering comes in, and for some people, mental clutter is tasks task lists, and that's also a, a very big piece of it. But a lot of it is, you know, those task lists is, exist because of our fear of not being enough or our fear of inadequacy. So if we can recognize some of those fears or those beliefs, we can look out at other parts of our life and say, how is this being reflected in my work, in my relationships, in my tasks, so on and so forth. Got it. Do you think the process of, you know, the physical decluttering, like, does it in some way prepare you for that mental decluttering? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's the, again, because it's tangible, it's easy for you to see, but the more you practice letting go of the thing, what you're really doing is practicing letting go of that belief. So, you know, even in my own life, one of my big fears that came up a lot was not feeling like I was enough and also not believing that my ideas, my desires were valid. So I let go of the things that represented all the other voices in my head. I curated a space that really reflected who I was and what I wanted. And over the years, because it did take some time for me to actually leave my job, but over the years, I gained enough confidence to say, all right, I feel like I'm, I can do this. I feel like my needs are valid. I feel like you know, I am worthy and something that 
is a reflection of not being enough is this job. I took this job because of, you know, familial pressure, societal pressure, whatever the case might be. And I've practiced enough now to be confident to say, I want to leave. I want to, I want to do something different. Nice. What, what was your field of work before you started your own business? So I was in telecom, uh, first in sales and then in sales training. Okay. Yeah. So sales is a uh, very stressful yes. <laughs> and a roller coaster. And I, it was just not the place for me. Sales training was the highlight of my corporate career uh-huh. and it prepared me for, for coaching. And that, and I, again, that was a part of my decluttering journey. When I, when I looked into my space and I looked at the, the non-clutter, the stuff that I wanted to keep, this constant pattern came up of wanting to talk. I love talking and, and teaching. And so I started like, thinking about my job and thinking, okay, I'm not ready to just jump ship. I'm not ready to just become an entrepreneur yet, but I really have a knack for this coaching training thing. Uh-huh. Where can I take that skill and how can I leverage that and learn more about it in the work or in the, the realm that I'm in right now? Nice. And um, I'm curious uh, about your, your, the conferences that you've hosted. Has that been in your, that's after your corporate career? That was during actually. Okay. Yeah. So we had two conferences, uh, 2018, 2019, then we postponed 2020. But yeah, that was during my corporate, uh, my time in corporate. I started that yeah, like I mentioned, my journey started in 2017 with decluttering. So uh-huh. I, I, I found myself having time to finally explore. And I really always wanted to host like a vision board kind of conference. Uh-huh. And that's what it started out as. And then it grew into something more where we focused on setting our goals and our intentions, building the vision for our lives, and then talking about the plans and how to build it. And so um, we're planning to bring it back this year. And I'm, I'm really excited about that. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Um, well, I believe you, you have, uh, like a free gift or a download for, for the audience. Um, yes. Tell, tell us about it. Yeah. So, um, on my website, I have a, a free kind of checklist, if you will, to help you start your decluttering journey. So it walks you through a few different rooms, five rooms that you can select again, based Mm -hmm. on the goals that you want to accomplish walks you through how to begin that process, what to think about as you're decluttering, um, and then where to take that journey as you think about the lessons that you've learned and and how you want to use them to make changes in your life. So nice. uh, it's a quick little guide and get you a quick win right out of the gate. Awesome. Yeah. Where where can people find that? Yeah. So it's at nachoaveragepro.com and it's right there. You can't miss it as soon as you go to the website. And that's spelled nacho like as in like nacho the, the food that you would eat <laughs> yes n-a-c-h-o and then average a-v-e-r-a-d-e-f-r-o where did the name come from so uh before nacho average pro there was tex-mex with jess that was my first foray and so okay. what do i want to do with my life i started a food blog about tex-mex and um it really never even became a blog it was more of like just an instagram page but uh, I just, I love Tex-Mex food. I love nachos, tacos, burritos, all of the above. Mm-hmm. And so, but I also put on a lot of weight doing that. And so once I decided I wanted to make a shift, I started talking about minimalism and decluttering and all of this stuff. And uh, I wanted to keep the essence of, you know, the Tex-Mex with guests, but also discuss this new life that I was building and walking on my own path. And Nacho Average Pro was born. 
Awesome. Yeah. Well, one thing that I like to ask all of my guests is what are two or three books or resources that you recommend um, around decluttering mm. slash minimalism? Sure, absolutely. Um, so the 21 Day Minimalism Challenge, I'm blanking on the author's name right now, but it's an audio book. It's got a frog on the front, so I can get you that information for the show notes. But that was a great challenge. I absolutely loved that challenge. And then I also really love Your Money or Your Life. It is a focus on managing your finances, but it takes the approach of simplification. And that, that's a great book to read. And then I'm trying to think of another, what other decluttering book have I read? I think those would be the big two. I read, I don't read many books from other people because I don't want to steal their ideas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's actually a good idea <laughs> to not read because I would imagine that it's not that it's hard to come up with your own ideas in the space, but there are you know, it is the kind of thing that you pick up tips from, from other people and then you want to incorporate that into what you do. Um, yeah, exactly. The same thing. Try to maintain my own voice. Yeah. Same thing happens in the tiny house world and yeah, it's all good. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, Jessica Malone, I really appreciate uh, having you on the show today and, and I hope that our listeners uh, head over to your website and, and check out that, that downsizing checklist. Yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time, Ethan. Thank you so much to Jessica Malone for being on the show today. You can find the show notes, including a full transcript and links to the books that Jessica mentioned, as well as a link to that free downsizing checklist at thetinyhouse.net slash 159. Again, that's thetinyhouse.net slash 159. Thank you so much to today's sponsor, Precision Temp. Be sure to check them out at precisiontemp.com and use the coupon code THLP for $100 off your order plus free shipping. Well, that's all for this week. I am your host, Ethan Waldman, and I'll be back next week with another episode of the Tiny House Lifestyle Podcast.